You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Hey guys, it's Oliver Manley. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Oliver Manley Show. Here we get to have conversations with empowering and impactful people and find out the breakdown story behind the breakthroughs, get a look at the adversities behind the triumphs. And I really think this is an important conversation for us to have. And if you haven't already checked out the previous episode with Corey Chadwick, that was a really, really amazing episode. He is a speaker and he is the founder of the Personal Greatness Project. And he shares the story of having a brain virus at a young age, how he built a successful restaurant and bar business, and he decided to let it go once he knew that it wasn't fulfilling for him. And he realized that he had all these 8 out of 10s in his life, and he actually risked letting go of those 8 out of 10s to for the pursuit of the possibility of 10 out of 10 in his life. And uh, it was a really interesting conversation. I hope you go back, scroll back, and check out that interview. Today we have a really, really awesome show for you with Chris Biasuti. If you don't know Chris, you can find information about him on his website. It's chrisbiasuti.com. Last name is spelled B-I-A-S-U-T-T-I. And if you don't know Chris, he's somebody I've known for about nine years through the real estate world. And I've always known him to be a real, real hard worker, always put himself out there, did such a really good job. Um, He was one of those people who are literally constantly at his growth edge. And uh, I got to get to know him a little bit more more recently in the last two years and found out really the depths of his story and his journey. And I just thought it was so profound that it was worth having him on the show and sharing his story with you all. So a little bit about Chris. Chris is an entrepreneur, coach, and speaker. He helps individuals and entrepreneurs navigate change to grow themselves and their businesses. He does one-on-one work as well as group work for focused, committed, and brave individuals. In the last nine years, he's grown successful businesses and he's worked with a wide range of people. He really knows that mastering inner change brings about real improvements in your personal life and your business. Chris has led a diverse and adventurous life, achieving a high level of success as an entrepreneur at a really young age. He founded his first company, actually, at 22 years old, with the mission to educate and inspire Canadians to look beyond the traditionally offered investment and retirement plans. While at Blue Water Investments, he helped clients acquire over $100 million in alternative investment assets. By age 28, Chris was running a national sales team for Western Canadian Properties Group, generating $50 million in revenue a year. He's also been a featured speaker at leading real estate investment networks like the Real Estate Investment Network, Rain, Aussie Jurok, Land Rush, and Outlook, and a Michael Campbell's Money Talks. Chris has also shared the stage at Man Talks, One Last Talk, and American Dream You. He has a deep passion for people, exploration, adventure, and believes that life is a journey meant to be lived on purpose. He's an experienced seaman, nautical navigator, paddy dive master, freediving instructor, and competition-level freediver. In our conversation today, we talk about so many different things, how he had this beautiful vision board laid out with the right apartment with a beautiful view of the ocean, the BMW and a motorboat. And he actually hit all of those targets and just realized that none of those filled 
the gaping hole inside of his heart. It actually wasn't fulfilling, but we talk about the, the busyness that he found himself in, just constantly hustling and grinding and overworking and burning himself out and how that was actually a way of avoiding himself. And when he finally hit that breaking point, he finally took some time for himself to inquire and realize that all this material success and financial success really wasn't fulfilling him and had him question what he wanted to do next. And uh, that that level of numbing himself and avoiding himself, real, he realized that there was a huge cost to it. And he shares about that in our interview together. We talk about the importance of connecting with yourself, the importance of taking space, the value of actually feeling the pain. And uh, it all led up to about a year and a half ago, letting it all go, leaving Vancouver behind, closing down his business, letting go of his house and many of his possessions, putting things in storage and actually getting a sailboat and traveling to South Pacific with his family, going to Fiji. And during the call, actually, he was on the boat with his family in some random island in New Zealand. So it was a really, really interesting conversation. And I think that you'll get a lot of a lot out of it if you are especially trying to achieve a level of financial success or maybe trying to achieve some drastic lifestyle change, whether it's traveling the world or moving abroad, or maybe it is taking your family and going on a sailboat, traveling the seas. I think he has a very unique perspective and experience about it that I know you'll get some insights and nuggets of wisdom around. So before we get into the episode, I want to just share with you a couple of announcements. If you want the show notes, as always, you can go to olivermanalise.com forward slash show. And uh, in April, I'm actually holding a workshop for the first time. It's called Reinvention Roadmap. It's going to be April 21st and 22nd. And what this is, it is the 10 steps that I use with clients to create self-discovery, self-growth, and transformation for their lives, their work, their business. And if you head on over to olivermanalise.com forward slash events, you can get access to the early bird pricing before the end of March as well for listening to the show. And as a thank you for being a fan of the show, you can use the promo code inner tribe to save yourself an extra $50 on top of the early bird. So inner tribe, I-N-N-E-R-T-R-I-B-E. That is the reinvention roadmap. April 21st and 22nd is going to be held in the West End of Toronto. You can find it at olivermanalise.com forward slash events. As well, if you haven't already, please go sign up for my monthly newsletter. It's called Oliver's Picks. And what I do is I scour the internet and consume ridiculous amounts of content and find the best podcast episodes, articles, books, resources, you name it. And I send that to you in the beginning of each month, right to your inbox, sort of like jet fuel to get your month started. So if you're interested in receiving that in your inbox, you can go to olivermanalise.com forward slash picks, P-I-C-K-S. And finally, please, if you've been getting value from this show and you've been impacted by some of the conversations, it would be an honor if you can share a five-star review on iTunes. This way we get more visibility as well. The amazing guests that we have on the show get to spread their impact. That is all for announcements. Thank you so much for sticking around for the announcements. I am so excited to share this episode with you. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Biasuti. All right. I am here with Chris Biasuti. Chris, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Oliver. Happy to be here with you, man. I'm happy to be with you. What, what time is it over there? 
Uh, it's 9 a.m. 9 a.m. It is uh, on Wednesday, like the next day for yeah. you. Yeah, 9 a.m. On, on Wednesday morning, yeah. So, so cool. So for those who don't know you, Chris, can you please just share with us a little bit a little bit about yourself? We're going to get into it, but just maybe a little brief intro. Yeah, sure. Uh, so originally, I'm, I'm, we're in New Zealand right now, um, but originally I'm from Canada, Vancouver. I grew up in Vancouver. Um, and, uh, I started, uh, a business there, uh, in Canada when I was around 20 years old, um, had a couple of different businesses, primarily in the financial side of the real estate sector, um, built, built a successful business. And, uh, at, at one point, a few years ago, I realized, um, that I just wasn't happy. You know, I really wasn't happy in the business. I wasn't happy, uh, in most of my life, actually, most of my life. I realized the life that I was living wasn't really my life. Uh, and I was disconnected. You know, I wasn't connected first and foremost to myself uh, and and beyond that to my family, my friends. You know, I was kind of living a lie, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, at some point I decided to make some changes. And uh, uh, it was a bit of a process to make some changes. It still is a process. Um, but uh, yeah, today now we're... We're living on a boat, um, just spent five months in Fiji and sailed through the South Pacific. Now we're in New Zealand and uh, we're planning to go back into the South Pacific uh, when the cyclone season finishes. So <laughs> That's like probably a good idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, man, I'm super excited to have you on the show. We've known each other for probably nine years now and uh, we met through the real estate world and the investing world. But the the thing that's really, you know, we were talking on the phone last week and what made me super excited to have us record this as an episode, our conversations, is just because you have this broad experience in the, in the finance world and becoming financially successful, as well as from the outside looking in like, wow, everything is awesome. Everything is great. But in the, you know, behind the scenes, what most people didn't see is the kind of challenges, the breakdowns that you've had. And I feel like we we parallel each other in, in a lot of those experiences. But not, not only yeah. that, it's like how you went about, uh, you know, kind of traversing those waters, so to speak, right? And then getting to where you are right now, living this kind of you know, very, very out of the ordinary type of lifestyle where, you know, a couple of people today I mentioned that I was interviewing you. They didn't know who you were, but I shared about a little bit about your story. And they're like, just eyes were popping out of their head. And they were just, it's so outside of the regular context of conversation or what a normal life is that I think, you know, number one, people who want financial success are going to get a lot uh, hearing from you. And also people who are looking for that uh, maybe mini retirement or that lifestyle change or that ability to live somewhere else. I think everyone's going to want a piece of, of insight or wisdom from you. And I think you have so much to offer in that department. But before we get into it, I just want to contrast for people. What what does a day in your life look like now versus maybe like two years ago so that people can get an idea of, okay, here's here's Chris. He's, he's on a boat. What, what does that look like? You know, what kind of things happen there? And then compare that to just a couple of years ago. What was that like? Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, I mean, today today's a good day, I guess. So we I woke up this morning. Um, 
these days what I try and do when we wake up and we, so I have my two kids on the boat, uh, with me as well. I have a, uh, a 16 month old daughter and a seven year old daughter, um, and my wife. Um, so we have a lot of family time together on the boat. And, um, but yeah, so today woke up the, the, the baby, the little one usually wakes up first. Um, sometimes I wake up before her. She wakes up anywhere between seven uh, or six and seven AM. Um, and, uh, I, you know, Sile usually does her exercises and stuff. We try and do yoga every day. Uh, we have a little spot that we do some, some yoga on the boat. Oh. Um, and then, uh, we usually decide where we're going to go or what we're going to do. You know, we might go, uh, today we're going to maybe go to a another little bay down the coast here take the kids into the beach um um, sometimes we'll go and do that to to get some fish for dinner um yesterday there was a big storm so a lot of what we do is kind of determined by the weather so yesterday there was a really big storm uh, that came in uh, which was great uh because i got to go out and go kiteboarding so, uh, oh. <laughs> so, so that was fun. And there's actually, there's a, there's another boat that we're traveling with right now. And there's a, a, a young man on that boat. He's 15 years old and I've been kind of teaching him some things about kiteboarding. So we, we actually, it was a bit of an adventure yesterday. We went out, we went to shore and we're in a little bay that's a bit remote and there's no taxis or buses or anything on the island. So we had to hitchhike our way across to the other side of the island uh, to go to this beach. Uh, and so we ended up in total, I think we had six different rides to get there and to back. There. Yeah, to get there and back, six different rides. So, so it, I mean, the coolest part, it was fun to go kiteboarding, but the coolest part was meeting all the different people that we ended up hitchhiking with uh, to, to go there and back. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know every day is every day is a little bit different, but it's it's yeah we try and build some routines into them like the yoga thing. We like to do yoga every day just to stay kind of healthy and fit. I mm-hmm. find when I don't do that, I start to turn into like a tree or something. So, <laughs> but not tree pose. <laughs> not tree pose. No, I won't be able to tree, do like tree stiff. pose. <laughs> yeah, stiff like a tree. Yeah. <laughs> So, so that's so, your hitchhike your your hitchhiking and the the weather might determine what activities you do or don't do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really dependent on the weather what we do. Um and uh so that's that's kind of another thing I guess to contrast that you know to to my life uh 2 years ago when it rained I stayed indoors. You know, like I didn't I didn't go outside in Vancouver when it rained rarely you know sometimes I would go outside but um and Vancouver is like a rainy place yeah and Vancouver rains a lot yeah so and when it rains people stay stay inside you know I stayed inside and now now when it rains I mean if it rains for days and days and days on end it gets a little bit tiresome on the boat but Hmm. um you know I'm pumped you know I got to go kiteboarding for the day so there's this stronger in a lot of ways it's a much stronger connection to nature yeah, I find living living the lifestyle that we're living now, um, what we do is very much determined by nature around us. You know what the weather's doing, what the waves are doing, um, and that kind of determines our day. So, so yeah, that is wicked, man. And I, I mean, you have a lot of video videos on your video blog and the different experiences that you've had, like chasing volcanoes and 
seeing random tribes and going going fishing. So there's there's something really interesting about that, like very almost uh, primal in a way, because you are so connected to nature. And you have to connect with people. You have to like, hey, I I don't have a ride. There's no taxis here. I got to I got to put make put myself in a vulnerable situation. Can you give me a ride like hitchhike? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that was, I mean, that's, so I try and do, I try and do something like that every day. And I, I find living this, this kind of lifestyle and simplifying, and, you know, one of our goals of, of doing this was really to simplify. Uh, we're still mm-hmm. trying to simplify uh, even more so, but yeah, living a more simple lifestyle, I find does put you or it kind of almost forces you into more vulnerable situations mm-hmm. where um, you're forced to connect with people you're forced to put yourself out there ask for help um, and, and ask for help yeah and the, and the i mean the boating community in general is is very supportive of that uh, you know the this community of people that are because there is a real community of people that are are kind of doing doing uh it's very strong the sense of community tell us about where were you just a couple of years ago like what was your yeah. life like yeah, so uh, a couple of years ago was extremely different than it is today. Um, yeah, but basically a couple of years ago, I mean, I found I found myself. So I was I was running a business full time in Vancouver. Uh, I'd started my business in Calgary and moved to Vancouver to to pursue it. Um, and I mean, I was working. I don't know, at one point, I was probably working seventy hours a week, eighty hours a week mm-hmm. uh, in in the business. Um, and, and I was all about maybe to, to sum it up in a, in a, in a clear way is I think I was all about the hustle. You know, I was all about, uh, I mean, you knew, you knew me back then. Like I, I was, you know, I was very much into like, let's just hustle. Let's go fast. Let's grind. Let's get things done. Um, and I was all about kind of pushing things through and just kind of forcing things to happen and, and grinding. And, you know, I did a bit video about this, um, early on and, my, my close friends to me back then, if you'd ask them probably what the one thing, if, if you had to get them to pick one thing that I was really good at, they'd say grinding. You know, Chris just, Chris is a hustler. He grinds it out. He, you know, it doesn't matter what comes in his way. He just kind of bulldozes, bulldozes his way or grinds his way through it. Um, and, uh, you know, so it, it, looking back at that as to where I'm at, at now, you know, that had a tremendous cost. Uh, on on me personally, because um, if you think about grinding, you know grinding is like uh, uh, it's like that sound that your clutch makes in your car when oh. you stop when you're trying to shift a gear, right? Like it's it's that like <sighs> that grinding sound. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so ultimately, what I was doing was wearing myself down. I was just slowly but surely every time that I would kind of grind, I was wearing me down i was wearing my soul down i was wearing what i kind of refer to as my aliveness down you know my um my yeah just my aliveness i was basically killing myself slowly um and um and and it and it eventually got to a point where where it was too much for me um and uh you know a series of things started falling apart in my life my relationships were falling apart my close personal relationships were falling apart. Uh, you know, the 
the business was still kind of okay because that was the number one absolute number one priority. That's what I was grinding for. But, but, but I, I could kind of see that, that you know, I reached a point where I could just see it wasn't working anymore. Um, and I was dying. I was absolutely dying on the inside. I was miserable and I just basically, yeah, I didn't, I was, I was miserable. <laughs> so, um, so it was much different than it is now in a lot of ways, you know? Um, it, uh, yeah, it just wasn't working. So, and, and, and I think it was, it was, in my mind, it was because of this grinding, you know, it was because I was forcing myself to continue to do something that I thought I needed to do. It wasn't something that I wanted to do. It wasn't something I was connected to. And so I was disconnected from myself. Um, and for me, you know, that was running a business in, in the financial sector mm-hmm. that, uh, I had told myself this story that, and I told a number of other people the same story because I, at one point I really believed it, which was, you know, I needed to build this massive financial portfolio in order to go off and then enjoy my life, uh, live the life that I wanted to live, mm-hmm. have connection, have community, um, and have all of these things that I deep down really wanted, but I thought that I didn't deserve them at that point. I thought I needed all this exterior stuff in order to get that. Um, you know, yeah. I, I did this. I, I, I think uh, you probably did this too. You know, I, I did this this drawing called a personal Belize, right? Yes. And uh, and on it was all these these, you know, what some people would 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 call amazing things. Um, you know, a nice apartment overlooking the water, a BMW, uh, you know, a boat. <laughs> um, funny enough, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, what I'd always wanted was a sailboat and I put a powerboat on that picture. Um, and all these things, and, and I did a really good job of achieving them. You know, I, I had the, the powerboat, I had the apartment overlooking the water, uh, I had the BMW, I had all these things. Um, but the interesting thing was the things that I really wanted, the things deep down that I desired weren't on that drawing. Uh, and those are things like my family. Those are things like space and time to be out in nature, to connect to nature, uh, to be in the water, to be in the ocean, um, to connect with other people, you know, helping, teaching other people. Hmm. These things weren't, weren't on that drawing. Uh, or if they were on that drawing, they were in a little paragraph that I had written at the very end that said, once I have accomplished all of these other things, then I will do this. Mm. Um, and, you know, so, so I, I just, I got to a point back there two years ago where enough was enough. Um, but I think the, the biggest difference was I didn't know what was next. You know, when I reflect and look back on it now, um, in that I was in this this place of of pain um, and unhappiness, and I was really struggling. I was stuck, but I I but I couldn't see a way out. You know, I I, I literally couldn't see I couldn't see where I am now. Back then, and uh, and so the hardest thing for me then was to actually take a step to change something. Because it was, it was terrifying. Well, just to interrupt, um, first of all, everything that you're saying, I think is it's so important because 
It reminds me of when Jim Carrey, he has this quote, I just wish everyone achieved the level of success that they dream of so that they can realize that that's not it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure yeah. if you've heard that before. Yeah. And it's I like, have, you, you like, set these goals, you got this vision board. You're like, here I am. I'm going to do all these things and you got them. And there's people who are listening who are just like, yeah, I have these dreams, these aspirations, these goals. And, and you hit the mark and it wasn't it like that. It still wasn't enough. Mm. And part of part of what I'm hearing is uh, you, you not knowing what the future held for you. It's like you didn't mm -hmm. even have the space to even consider what the future was going to be. It's like you're so busy, like you were so busy with the grinding. Like, how could you? How could you sit and think and imagine and dream of what would be possible if, if this wasn't my aim, if this wasn't my thing? Yeah. Yeah, there was no space then. There was no space at all. Um, well, like I said, I was working, I was working seventy hours a week, most of the time. And then, I mean, then the and then the other side of that, I was I was working seventy hours a week. I would come home from work and I would generally stop at home, get changed, um, and and then go out to some party that I had thrown or a party somebody invited me to, and proceed to get absolutely wasted uh, because I didn't want to deal with my life. So, yeah, so that was, uh, but it looked great. Yeah. You, yeah, you look sure like, a, you look like a rock star. Uh, yeah. On Facebook, it looks fantastic. So, so what was that like? <laughs> because I mean, I think that's one of those things where you end up, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true for you, but did you feel like you ended up finding yourself in this place where you had to uphold this whole idea of, Hey, yeah, I am killing it financially, material wise. And uh, you know, partying and things like that. And did you feel like you had to kind of ma maintain that or, um, or did it, did it hold you back or I don't know what, what was your, how, how did you face that? I think, I think for me, the, the bigger thing for me was, yeah, I mean, there, there was this element in inside of me that was, well, who am I if I'm not this? Mm. And that, and that was, that was coming from a place of, if I am not this, then I'm a failure. Basically, people are going to think that I'm a failure. You know, if I let go of this, I'm not going to be good enough for the people in my life. You know, I'm, I'm not going to have any friends. I'm going to be alone. I was feeling alone anyway, but it was something that I was I was clinging to. Right. Yeah. I, was, I was really clinging to this identity that I thought was going to make me that I thought was going to make me happy. I thought these things were make, would make me happy. And I think that was the problem. It was like, you know, I, I thought these things were going to make me happy. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that, that I learned through that is things really don't make you happy. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, if you're, if you're looking to things for happiness, it's never enough. They're never enough. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the happiness the happiness comes from from within me, and uh, and I think that's something that to some degree everybody struggles with, and and to some degree I still struggle with. You know, I still I still struggle with clinging to things to make me happy, to a lesser degree I think than I did before. Yeah. But it's still there. Was there was there anything in particular that that had you begin questioning? I mean, you, it sounds like you had a breakdown. You had this moment of like, wow, this is like, I'm killing myself. Like I'm, I'm, 
this is coming at the cost of my aliveness. What, were there other things that kind of helped you? Because you're surrounded by a lot of a lot of different kinds of influences and groups and things like that. And I know you've worked with uh, Philip McKernan as well. Did, did mm-hmm. are there resources and tools that kind of helped guide you and start have you questioning some of these things, or was it really just you hit SmackDown, hit hit a rock bottom, and then kind of had to rebuild from there? Uh, no, no, there was, um, the, the one big catalyst that, that kind of, yeah, there, I mean, there was, there was, there was basically one big catalyst and that was, uh, Philip actually, Philip McKernan asked me to speak at an event that he puts on called one last talk. Yes. Um, and he asked me to give my, my one last talk. Um, and it was a speaker retreat, uh, leading up to that event. So he, before the event happens, Philip takes people on a speaker retreat and uh, there's about how many there's about 10 speakers and we were all in a room together and we all had to give our one last talk to each other and I just I remember sitting in that room and and I was like I got this you know I got this nail this is no problem I at that point I you know I'd spoken to I'd spoken to rooms of like four five hundred six hundred people giving real estate talks mm-hmm. um, and so I thought you know Wow, one last talk, piece of cake, no problem. Um, and I was sitting in this room with these with these other speakers, and they were all giving their talks. And I remember listening to their talks, being like, "Wow, like that that was wow, that really hit me. That was impactful. That was meaningful. Oh, what what in that can I use in my talk?" Um, and all these different people were giving their talks, and I was thinking the same thing, you know. And then I got up to give my talk. And, and I tried to give a talk and incorporate all these pieces from other people's talks into my talk. And it just, you know, there was just, it just wasn't there. There was nothing there. And, uh, and then I, I stopped and I was like, oh, this isn't working. And then I, I stood there and I realized I literally, I had nothing to say. You know, I, wow. me connecting to, 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 there was no, it was, it was the moment that I realized just how disconnected that I was. You know, how, how far removed from this aliveness, this, this spirit in me that I, that I was. Um, and I just, I stood there and, and I remember Philip asked me, he, he said, you know, he said, when's the last time that you've cried? And, and I just started bawling. Like I just, I just lost it. Wow. Um, and it had been a long time since I had. I had cried and, you know, and I stood there in front of these 10 people. Some of them I, I knew, some of them I hardly knew at all. And, and I just cried for probably like 10 minutes. It was pretty looking back. I was like, you know, I really appreciate those people holding that space for me because it was, yeah. So it's like you had the, you had, you had the, the right atmosphere and you had the permission to just be. Yeah. With whatever it was that was there. So what, what did that turn into? Um, you know, that, that, that was the moment that, like I said, I realized the disconnection Yeah. and, and then it turned in, it, it basically turned into, well, kind of the, the way I approach a lot of things in my life was like, oh, I've identified the problem. Now I got to go and fix it. <laughs> Solution. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and obviously like, you know, they, what, not maybe not obviously, but what I've learned through through this experience is is there is no fixing that. You know that mm-hmm. that's 
it's something that just identifying the disconnection in itself is a massive step. Um, And then just sitting with that disconnection and allowing it in, allowing the feeling of what it feels like to be that disconnected in is connecting. (laughs) Um, And, and so, you know, so the process for me was, was for a long time was really just sitting in that in sitting in that, wow, I'm really disconnected. I'm really feeling shitty right now. Hmm. Um, and just allowing that in. And over time, a really interesting thing happened. I remember, um, you know, I, I guess I should say as a part of that, I reached out to a lot of people. You know, uh, one of the, the, the primary people I reached out to was Philip. I had done some work with him. Um, I also went and uh, I, I joined AA. Um, I identified that, you know, I, I had some issues around alcohol and I joined AA to help with that, but it became more than that. It also became a community where I could share and, and connect with people that, um, we're going through very similar things. Right. Um, and, and just allowing that, yeah, allowing myself to sit in the pain. Uh, I remember one moment actually sharing with, with my, with my wife, with Sayo saying, you know, I'm feeling really shitty right now, but it, it's actually amazing to feel something. <laughs> That's the aliveness. So, it's part of being alive is that you're going to have to feel stuff and it's not always yeah. happiness. Yeah. So, so I think that like, so what, what that became was, was for me anyway, the, the appreciation of that pain, really the appreciation of, being able to appreciate that, hey, yeah, I'm not feeling good right now, but but I'm feeling, mm-hmm. and and in that it was like it was almost like it was like acceptance of the discomfort. It was like, yeah, I'm not comfortable, um, but that's that's great because that means that I'm alive. That means I'm connected, and that's progress. And yeah, yeah, and then you know, and then in time, um, what I realized is is it started to dissipate that discomfort started to go away and it began to be replaced with, uh, with warmer feelings, you know? And, um, for the first time, I remember I was on a retreat down in Mexico with a group of people and, uh, I really allowed a lot of that, that pain in and shared it. And, and I remember we had this dinner one evening, uh, and we were all sitting around the dinner and, and for the, for the, what had felt like for me the first time, I mean, I, maybe I'd felt this before, but for the first time in my adult life, uh, I really connected to this feeling of love. You know, this is mm. overwhelming feeling of love and gratitude. And yeah, it was just like, it was an incredible experience. Wow. So, so that, yeah, so that's kind of where it led for me. And then, and, and through that, then I, I, I think it was through that that I, you know, that the courage that I identified it within myself, the the courage to make some changes, you know, the courage to 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 really step out and do something different. So taking that space was huge for you, like actually not being so busy, not grinding, and actually taking that speaker retreat. That like that was space. Everyone yeah. letting you cry for 10 minutes. That was space. Going to AA meetings. It was like you are you were putting yourself in situations where you were specifically there to be with whatever it was that showed up for you. As, yeah. Instead of avoiding it. Instead of running yeah. away from it. Instead of um, 
you know, self-medicating or whatever it was. And it's almost, and so what you're saying is connecting with the fact that you were disconnecting, disconnected was connecting. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, which I love. Cause it's like, as soon as you do that, all of a sudden you're back, like you're back to connecting to your humanness. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think you nailed something in that, which is that, uh, is the space, the space is key. Uh, and it's it's still something that even even on the boat I, I did a video about this I think two weeks ago about, about space mm-hmm. space for me is something that I've I've always struggled with taking um, I you know I struggle with yeah I struggle with prioritizing it because I think that I need to be there for everybody else in my life but one of the things that I've realized is the only way for me to actually really be there for everybody else in my life is in order as I need to be connected to myself to really be there. Otherwise I'm just showing up as a bag of flesh. Yes. <laughs> um, and, uh, and in order to be connected, I need to take the space mm-hmm. and, and, and being on the boat, it's a bit challenging to take space. And, and one of the things I've, I'm, I'm learning in, in the way that we're living now is to be very intentional about taking the space mm-hmm. because it, it doesn't come up in haphazard ways. It doesn't come up randomly. Um, even less so than it did than it, than it did before. I have to be very intentional, and and as you said, specifically, almost almost book times in in a calendar. It's like okay, this is an hour and a half of space for Chris today, or you know, Chris is going to take a day of space here, and um, and really plan those things. And I'd say that's really healthy behavior. Because it's you're, you're you're establishing boundaries. You're like, this is where I begin, and this is where I end, and this is for you know this time is for me, and also because of how much value it's had for you to actually have that space to question, to ponder, to be with whatever it was that was there. I mean, you you wouldn't have made the changes that you've made if you didn't if you didn't have that space to begin with. No, that's that's very true. Very true. That's the the biggest thing that contributed to being able to make the changes. Hmm. Yeah. So, so where, where does that where did that lead you to next? Um. So yeah. So it was a, it was a process. Like it was first and foremost realizing the disconnection, and and then uh, accepting the disconnection, and then it's it's been a process of I would say the. The boat, even the lifestyle we're living, we're living today, is another step in the process of uh, of me me connecting, you know, mm-hmm. continuing to connect and and find new ways to connect with uh, who I am. Um, so it, so that and that process started the instant that I, I I realized I was disconnected. It was like, okay, I'm I'm disconnected. Um, and accept the disconnection and then you know can basically okay what do i do i'm disconnected this isn't working uh and so what i started to do was i basically started to let go of things that i thought or i felt were not serving me in my life um and again that's creating uh, more space yeah yeah it's creating (laughs) because you're like because you're letting go of things yeah (laughs) So, so 
yeah so it's letting go of just it was letting go of the business you know that took me a long time it probably from the time that i realized that it, it really wasn't serving me till and i actually let it go was probably a year and a half hmm. it took me to do it uh and it was a, a step-by-step process it wasn't uh shoot it in the head and get rid of it which you know has its pros and cons um <laughs> but but eventually I, I i did fully let that go um, and it was, it was letting go of everything. I mean, it was letting go of, we let go, I let go of the business. Uh, Sayo had, had already let go of her business. Um, that's a huge and then risk, it, man. And yeah. I think it's, and I would like, I would, I want to acknowledge you because it takes, that takes a lot of courage because it's, yeah. it sounds like where you were before was I am this, like you identify with it. And then here yeah. you, here you are when you are something to not be it anymore like that's like that's a big that's that's a lot to contend with yeah because that question yeah. you brought up in the beginning it's like who am i without this and that, now and that you have to face it. it and it was it was a big thing i mean like i said it took me a year and a half to i mean all people people in my life who had who had i had you know philip being one of them and and a couple other people who had who really knew me had been challenging me for years on the business that I was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so, you know, if I really look back, it'd probably been more like four years. In the making. Was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but from, but from the moment that I really connected with, uh, wow, this is not working. Um, you know, I had that big, like, holy crap, this isn't working for me. I'm disconnected. And this is a, this is a central part of this disconnection. You know, I cannot keep waking up in the morning and doing this. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it took me a year and a half. From that moment, it took me a year and a half. <laughs> like, oh, so it, man. It, 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 it was not, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy thing. Um, and it, you know, and it, and, and I think the thing was for me, because my identity was so caught up in it, uh, a lo- my entire life was caught up in it. And yeah. my business, you know, a lot of my close personal relationships revolved around that business. So in letting go of that business, I, I actually, you know, one of the other things that I let go of was a lot of these relationships. Um, and, and, you know, looking back, a lot of them were relationships that weren't necessarily serving me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, you know, but, but they were, they were, again, in my mind at that time, and I still struggle with this because they were people that I was close to, but the relationship yeah. had turned into something that wasn't that wasn't serving me. And so, as a part of letting go of the business, it was letting go of that. And that was almost, in some ways, that was harder to let go than just letting go of the business. Was um, there, would you say that there was grief in that process? Because I mean, I had a similar experience, right? When I let go of my real estate investment company, it was like everything I was was tied up in it, and then here. Here I am vaporizing it. I did put a bullet in its head. And I, I experienced a tremendous amount of grief of just like, wow, here's all this, this whole trajectory. It's gone. Here's this whole network of conversations and community gone. Like that was a lot to be with, man. I'm not sure. Did you, did you experience anything like that? It, it for me, I think it was, it was more grief over. It was like to, because to it, the way I guess in my mind, the way I look at it is, is because I identified so strongly with it, 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 that business was a part of an identity that I had. Um, 
and what I what I let go of and what in effect died was this this identity, mm-hmm. you know that and which was like a part the old of you. Yeah, it was a part of me that I that I was like this this piece of me isn't serving me anymore, and it needs to basically die. It it needs to 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 move on. It needs to pass on, <laughs> and and uh, um and so yeah, there was. You know, it's sad when something dies or somebody dies. There's sadness. There's grief. Yeah. Uh, and and so I was sad. Yeah, I was sad. And, and I still am sad about that, you know, because it was this part of me that though it, it didn't serve me, it still was a part of me that at one time did serve me. And because it was there without for it reason. and without it, you wouldn't have got here. Yeah. Like you, yeah. you, you so wouldn't have hit that hit those points of like, wow, I'm this is all coming at the cost of my my aliveness. You wouldn't have uh come to those realizations if it weren't for that business so in a way even though it wasn't serving you and even though it was time for you to move on like it kind of helped deliver some insight some wisdom for you to make the choices that you have yeah which is actually really cool which is a gift yeah no it 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 totally was It, it it and yeah and it i mean it's like i don't know i the way i kind of look at it now is is i I have there's there is moments of grief where I, I, I have been sad about it, but I, I do I, I, I honestly I try to think about it like somebody who died. Mm-hmm. And it's like if if you know somebody that died, uh, you know, what do we say about that? Would that person want you to grieve about them forever or would they want you to be happy, you know, and, and take life by the short and curlies and move on? <laughs> you know, and and they want you to take life by the short and curlies I've and never move heard on. it that way. <laughs> 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 so <laughs> oh, man. so um, um I, I think i think what you're what you're pointing out is super important because for a lot of for a lot of us just being human beings it's like you know what the, the, the green day song every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end and yeah. here you were you're ready for a new beginning but it, the price of that is ending something else and ending something that Maybe it's like, you know, it was a vehicle. It was great. It took you from one place to where you were at that point. And it's like, hey, thank you. Like, no, you're no longer serving me. But it's kind of hard. It's hard to make those those definitive ends. To, like, take, yeah. make that actually a reality that you have to move that you have to move forward. And here you are. You're kind of, like, at the edge, right? You're almost taking a leap of faith at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it is a leap of faith. Yeah. Uh, in, in my mind, it's, that's all it is, is a leap of faith. Because like I said, when I was in that, when I was in that moment of, or those moments of, of just misery and, and, and not, not, and disconnection, I could not see a way out. Yeah. You know, I was, there was, maybe there was brief glimpses of it, but it, it wasn't clear at all. And so it really was, uh, a leap of faith. It was really a leap of faith. And, and I mean, even in, I think that people, in my mind, I don't think somebody has to get as, as, you know, because I was really in a shitty spot. <laughs> and it, my hope <laughs> yeah. is that people don't have to get to that place to, to be, you know, to, to, to make a change in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's my hope for myself now too, is, is, is to, to stay more connected and, and allow these, these, 
these darker feelings in so that I can shift and I can adjust along the way and not let it get to the point where it's so like getting hit in the face by two by four. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not wait until we're almost, you know, we feel forced to have it to, to have to detonate an old part of ourselves. Like let's look, let's tune in and listen to the signs and pay attention to the signs and then, you know, make some, make adjustments as these things show up. Yeah, make adjustments along the way. That's, uh, I, can't, I think, I mean, the way, the way I kind of describe it is I think that, you know, now the way that it feels to me is it's like somebody comes along and when I'm out of alignment or I'm disconnected, there's a little, it's like a little tap on my head with a little stick. Mm. You know, something pops up and there's this little tap. Or it's not even on my head. It's usually a tap in my gut. You know, it's yeah. like a little tap, like. Tap, 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 tap. Hey, Chris. Tap, 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 tap. And I have a choice. I can ignore it and I can continue and move move, move further away from connection, continue to disconnect. Or I can listen to that and move the other way, move towards connection. Um, and when I ignore yeah. it, the tap gets louder. And, and yeah. it gets louder. And then it's not a stick anymore. All of a sudden it becomes a hammer. Then it becomes <laughs> a sledgehammer. <laughs> and eventually... You, you're you're gonna you know you're gonna get knocked on your ass or you're gonna you're gonna listen oh man <laughs> that, that reminds me of my coach he once said to me he says when when the universe whispers listen yeah because it's not pleasant when the universe yells in your ear <laughs> and i was just like okay i i have to I, i'm a human so i relearned that lesson over and over again but i think i'm starting to get the point <laughs> Yeah. So then you got the you got the boat. Yeah. <laughs> so we got the tell, boat. Yeah. Tell us of, like how did you get to the, to that point? So you were like discarding uh, possessions, closing down businesses, letting old parts of you wither away, and what what made you what? So you, you obviously had that uh, that new space to invite the next possibility of your life. How did that show up? How did hey you know what? Let's go get a sailboat and go yeah, to New the, Zealand. Because <laughs> people must have yeah. thought you were nuts, right? Like, um, yeah. hey, you're super successful. Why are you closing that down? Hey, you're doing really well. Like, what are you like? What are you doing? Getting rid of all the stuff? Like, are, were there not people around you who are, you know, maybe against it in a way, or just didn't understand? Yeah. I mean, there, there was some people that were very supportive. Um, there was a lot of people that uh, there were some people that absolutely thought we were insane. Like we were literally just crazy. Um, and then there was there was a group of people that that legitimately challenged me on it. Mm-hmm. You know, that that were approaching it from a place of of, of really caring and challenging me on it. And um, it, you know, so it, it even being challenged on it, though, it was something that I still wanted to do. Um, and to be perfectly honest, you know, it, 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 I think I, the way I sit with it now is I think it's, it's, it's part of this process still of me simplifying my life and letting go of stuff. Um, there was a part of me that I think just, I needed to leave Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed, I needed, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know where else to go. I didn't, there wasn't anywhere else really that I wanted to live. Um, and so I thought, well, why not go travel? And, um, Mm. and having a family, um, the, 
you know, the, the best way that, that we had thought of, of traveling was, was basically living together on a boat. Uh, it's a consistent, as you, consistent, as you would, if you were thinking of traveling, <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a consistent home for the kids. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but I mean, for people all, who are yeah. listening, it's just like, uh, like young family living on a boat. <laughs> yeah. It's, it is kind of crazy. Like, how do you but, put the, uh, how did you feel? I mean, for you, it sounds like it all just made sense. Like it falls, falls into place. But for some people who are listening, like, how would you describe it to them? I don't know. I mean, for me, it was it, for, I guess the, 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 the simplest way to put it for me is it for, as I mentioned before, in that personal Belize, um, there was something inside of me that for almost as long as I can remember, wanted to uh sail around on a sailboat Mm. um and and so it was something in me that i just i had to honor i guess it it was like and there is a cost of of doing this you know um but but it was something in me that that um yeah there was just something in there that it was like okay I, i i have to honor this what what's here and and that there was like this little whisper that was like i don't know i'm meant to spend some part of my life living on a sailboat um the interesting thing is is i had always thought at least early on in my life that i would sail alone you know that i would go uh. off alone um and uh and i never did it which is which is another very interesting thing for me to sit with is that I never actually went and did it alone. Um, but I never would have been open to doing it the way that, that we're now doing it with, with my family, living with my family in this way, uh, two years ago, you know, in, in, with the awareness, with that state of mind that I was in two, two years ago, I wouldn't have been capable of living in this environment. Um, because I just, I wasn't connected. I was Mm. completely disconnected. And I think it's, impossible to live in in a close space with people whether they're your family or not unless there's some connection what what was that first moment like like when you first set sail uh (laughs) 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 because you know we were talking about the leap of faith i feel like that must have been just a perfect metaphor like just a perfect thing the, the the first leap of faith was buying the boat. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that that was the first leap of faith. I mean, and we and it was very like I mean, so we bought the boat when Sai was pregnant. Um, <laughs> Sai was pregnant with with Mia, and uh, it it's, it had been something we'd been talking about for years. Mm-hmm. And we went on one last trip to go to. We wanted to go on a, on a vacation before uh, the baby was born. Uh, the baby's crying right now. Um, but we wanted to go on a, a vacation before the, the baby was born. And we we somehow decided that uh, uh, it would be a good idea if we were going on this vacation to go somewhere where we could look at boats. <laughs> and we thought, we told ourselves, you know, we'll just go and, and uh, sorry, Oliver, the, the, Mia's really screaming. Can I just pause? Is it okay sure. if we just yeah, pause yeah. for just one sec? One sec.
Um, okay, where do you want me to d- dive back in? Thanks for that. Yeah, no worries, no worries. Yeah, no worries. yeah so you, you wanted to go to a place where you can look at boats. Yeah, so we wanted to go to a place. Yeah, so we, we thought, okay, baby's, baby's coming soon. Let's go on this vacation. Let's go to a place where we can look at boats. Um, and, and then, you know, if we really like it, uh, we'll, maybe we'll buy it. Maybe we won't. At least we'll have an idea of what they look like. Um, and so we thought, oh, maybe we'll go to Europe, uh, and go look at boats there. Or maybe we'll go to Florida because there's boats in Florida. And then we started looking on the internet at different boats and we're like, well, we really like this boat and it happens to be in New Caledonia. Um, and, uh, I had, I had never heard of New Caledonia before. Sayo had never heard of New Caledonia before. Nor have I. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's a little island in the middle of the South Pacific. Um, and so we said, well, let's go to New Caledonia. <laughs> so we, uh, we booked a flight and we flew to, oh, actually, first we called the owners of this boat and we're like, are you going to still be in New Caledonia? And they're like, oh yeah, we'll wait for you. And then we flew down and we spent 10 days in New Caledonia, looked at the boat. Um, and basically just fell in love with it. Uh, and, first boat. and more, than, more than, sorry. Was that the first boat you looked at? Uh, the first, it was the first, uh, no, not quite the first okay, boat, okay. But, 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 but basically yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we first boat that we seriously looked at. Yeah. Um, we, we'd been to, we'd been to like some boat shows before and looked at some stuff, but, um, yeah, we basically, you know, we, we, we walked on the boat and we were like, wow, this thing's unbelievable. This is amazing. But more, even more so than the boat, I think what it was that we fell in love with is, is we hung out with this family for, um, uh, for like 10 days while we were in New Caledonia. Um, mm. and it was a family that had had the boat before us. Um, and, and we just, we just kind of, yeah, we just loved that connection. We yeah. loved the connection that they had, um, living together on the boat. We love the connection that we had with them. We just kind of just connected with them and hung out with them. And it was, uh, it was really cool. So, um, so we bought it. (laughs) That is so (laughs) cool, man. And, um, and that was a real leap of faith. You know, that was a real like, okay, now we bought this boat. Now what? Um, and, uh, so then we had to go and, and put all the pieces together. Uh, and one of the big pieces that we had to put together was the boat was in New Caledonia. Cyclone season was coming. It needed to be sailed to New Zealand. And uh, so, and so I was pregnant, so she wasn't going to do that. So uh, I basically got um, uh, three friends together and we flew back to New Caledonia and uh, got ready to sail the boat to New Zealand. Um, so... So that was, and that was another leap of faith because it was, it was this, you know, it was kind of this like leaning into the unknown, right? Um, there was a lot of fear. There was a lot of fear around buying the boat. There was a lot of fear about doing that first offshore passage. It was the only, it was the first offshore passage that I'd ever done. Uh, I'd never done one before. The, oh, the, the three, the three guys that ended up coming with me were, they had never, basically they had never sailed before. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> I was the only real one with sailing experience. Um, but you know, it was, it was, it, it was fine. And, 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 uh, the guys that came on that trip, all, you know, all of them said, wow, this is a, a trip of the lifetime. One of the best experiences I've ever had. Hmm. And we just did it one day at a time. You know, we just went and we got to New Cal and 
you know, I'd never even I'd never sailed the boat before because we just bought it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, we just did it one day at a time. We went out and sailed the boat, got comfortable with sailing the boat. Then we all had a meeting and said, hey, are we all comfortable doing this trip? Um, and, and everybody said, yeah, I'm comfortable doing the trip. Uh, and then we just took the trip uh, one day at a time and we had problems and challenges, but we, you know, we, we, we were able to, to deal with them and we made it safely to New Zealand. So, wow. How many days did that We had take? a lot of fun on the way. Uh, it took, it took us seven days, seven days at yeah. sea, seven days at sea. So yeah. cool, man. Yeah. So what do you feel like has shifted for you? Um, Cause I know for, for so many of us, when we shift our environment, it shifts the conversations that we have, it shifts our thinking. So I'd love to hear yeah. what, what has shown up now that you're, you're, you're living this life. It's been what a year. Yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it's basically been a year. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a little over a year since I did that first sale to new Cal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? I, I, it's a really, that's a really good question. I think the, the biggest thing I would say that's shifted for me is I, 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 the ability to give myself more permission to, to basically, to basically speak my truth, to, mm-hmm. to live life the way that I want to do it, um, and share the things that I want to share as opposed to, uh, again, going back to two years ago, a lot of what I shared, a lot of what I, I wrote, a lot of what I spoke about was what I thought other people wanted to hear. Yeah. Um, and kind of stepping out and doing this on, on my own, I think that, that yeah, one of the biggest things that's, that's shifted and is still shifting, and I think will always be shifting, um, is just this, this permission to, to share who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and confidence in sharing who I am uh, has, has really, really shifted. Um, I'd say another thing that's shifted is, is my reliance or my, um, the way to put it. It's, I've really let go of this concept that, okay, I need to, in order to live a successful life, I need to work or run a business for 20 to 30 years, save up a whole bunch of money and, and then, then spend 10 years in retirement. <laughs> and like then I I've, could be alive. And then I can be alive. Yeah. 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 This, this concept of, of financial freedom, uh, if you will, is, is really, I think is a myth. Yeah. Uh, so tell us about the, the some of the myths that you've busted going through yeah, this I mean, journey. Well, that, that, that's, that's probably a really big one. The, the, the myth of financial freedom. Um, and you know, some people listening might might think that that's crazy. They'd be like, "Well, you 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 bought this boat, you live on this boat, you need money to you needed money to do that." Uh, and it's true, you know. I, and, and when I say that I say that financial freedom is a myth, I don't mean to say that you don't need money to do things in your life. Um, money is is important, um, but what I think what I mean by busting that myth is the myth in my mind is that you can attain a certain level of financial wealth. And then you'll all of a sudden feel free to do whatever it is you've always wanted to do in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just bullshit. Like that's just, that's just complete bullshit. Like it, it, it is money does not, 
in my mind, money does not, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel anything. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not, you know, it's just, uh, yeah. So, so that's one of them, um, is this, this myth of financial freedom. I think that, that, you know, you, everybody is, is free to do whatever they want now. And if they're not doing it, it's something else that's holding them back. It's not money and it's not time. Those are the two biggest excuses that people use to stop doing things, to not make changes in their lives. And you, and you wrote a little bit about that, how um, I'm going to go make this money because I want to be happy and confident and feel strong and feel reliable and things like that. And then you made the money, but you didn't feel freer. You didn't feel more confident. You didn't feel those things that you were after. No. And it, I thought exactly, that was super powerful. And, and, and in fact, it was the exact opposite. It was when I realized the disconnection, you know, when I actually, when I, when I actually took the space to accept the reality of my situation, which was, you know, I'm miserable right now mm -hmm. that the courage started to appear to do something different. Wow. So it, it was actually the exact opposite. It was going within and, and really connecting to where I was at that I was able to move forward into something different. Mm -hmm. Which has led to, it, to more freedom, more confidence. Yeah, it's, it's, led to, it's led to significantly more freedom than I, than I had before um, and more confidence. Uh, I'd say the, the other thing that, that it's, I've really shifted, that, that, that my perspective has shifted around is, um, well, it's, 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 there's a couple of things here. There's one is, uh, is community. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really beginning to appreciate the, um, just the, the, the impact, the positive impact on, um, on our lives that being in community has, Yeah. you know, and that, and this real desire for community that I have, uh, and, and really, what it takes, I think I'm beginning to appreciate what it takes to be in community, to actually, you know, to actually, um, to actually connect with people. Yeah. Um, I think some yeah, of us lack that because we're, yeah, we're hiding in our own bubbles. That, that, that's exactly it. Or behind, yeah. behind screens. And I think it was yeah. the, the Harvard study. And I think when they looked at the blue zones where people live, up to a hundred years old, where it's like the highest likelihood. They found that the highest indicator of, of health and happiness is relationships, like quality of relationships, yeah. which, which is community, right? Like that's your people. It's your tribe. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's very interesting in the, so the, you know, living on a boat, um, this, this sense of community, cause there is this sense of community and it's, you know, as I kind of shared with the story of hitchhiking, you're, yeah. Because I don't, we don't live at one fixed address and have the same neighbors and, and, you know, like they don't come over for tea all the time or whatever. It's not mm -hmm. the same city block. We're constantly meeting new, new people. And so you're constantly, uh, or I'm constantly in this position where I'm stepping out, you know, I'm stepping out, I'm being vulnerable to connect. And there's, there's, there's two ways to go about it. There's the choice of, I could just sit on the boat all day long. In isolated. my little bubble, <laughs> isolated. And there's some people I think that that probably do travel that way, um, but but it's so much more rewarding to get off the boat, go over to my neighbor uh, who may who I might not who I probably don't know, 
you know, because there's new boats anchored in the bay all the time. And you go over and, and, and have a conversation and have a real conversation with them. Right. Um, about what's really, and it, and it, it, it's very interesting in this community, how people that sometimes you hardly know, they come over and they open up to you about the, the, you know, the stuff way out in left field, you never thought was coming. Um, and it's just, there's just this sense of trust that, Hey, we're all doing this together. We can trust each other. You know, I can trust you to hold the space for me. You can trust me to hold the space for you. Uh, we're here to help each other out. Hmm. And I think, I think that that's, uh, um, that, that's, that's something that's also shifted for me is this, this trust that if I am vulnerable, um, people will be there to help me. I think that's, that's super important, especially the, for the, uh, the first point being people might hear your story and think like you're just living this isolated remote type of experience when it's the opposite, like you're constantly exposing yourself to a sense of community. And I think the second thing is with what we see like on the news or what people talk about when they're getting a haircut or whatever it is, is how like dark and awful things are. And when you're share, when you share this with me, it kind of helps me just almost, I, I envision how helpful people actually want to be. And I can see how people are just so willing to be there for other people, even if they're complete strangers, which is, it's, it's almost like the opposite of, of some of, the things that people will constantly obsess about, like how dark these tarm- times are and how horrible things are. Like, this is the opposite. This is so much more refreshing. This is like, it's like, no, you know what? We're alone. We're, you know, we're a young family and we're in the middle of nowhere and we're meeting some random people who are doing similar things as us and we'll hang out. We'll stop and talk and we'll help each other and need a ride. You know, people are willing to to give us a ride and hitchhike and or teach us something that we don't know or whatever. Which is so yeah, it's so beautiful. Uh, on on that on that on that note, you you uh, something came up there for me when you're saying that, which is um, one of the coolest experiences doing this has been spending time in in remote places, uh, particularly in in remote. We spent five months in Fiji, and and we spent a couple months of that in very remote areas uh, where there's really people, tourists don't you know normal tourists that that kind of fly in. Uh, they don't go or it's very difficult to get to. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's amazing the sense of community that they have in these in these little villages and and how welcoming they are to us coming in on uh, on our boats. Um, you know, that that's not to say that that it's like a utopia they live in. They they have problems like, and, and some of the problems they have are very big problems. Um, but but there's underlying that there's just this. Even despite the problems, they have this sense of community that's like, yes, we have these problems, but the only way we're going to figure these problems out is if we maintain this sense of community, this yeah. connectedness to each other. Um, and it's 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 amazing how welcoming they are. We are in one little island called uh, Dravuni, that's off the off this bigger island in Fiji called Kendavu. Um, and in Fiji, you go in for this ceremony called Sevu Sevu when you go to a new island. And I did a video about it, but I'll, I'll explain it quickly. And it's basically the the tradition in Fiji is is these local villages are responsible for both the land and the water surrounding the village. 
Um, and so when you come in on a boat, uh, you're, you're meant to go into shore and meet with the chief of the village and you bring him a gift of kava, which is this root that they grind up and drink. Mm. Um, and then you have this kava ceremony with them. And in essence, you're asking the ceremonies and you presenting the gift of kava is you asking for permission to be able to use their land and their waters. Um, and, uh, and then wow. they have the ceremony and they, they grant you permission and then you're able to use their land and their waters. But not only do they grant you permission, the ceremony is their way of, of welcoming you into the community. So, mm. and, and it's, and they take it very serious. Like you actually, you become a member of the, of the village. Um, oh. so, and what, what that means is you can literally, you can walk into one of the houses and you can take some fruit and vegetables wow like, that's your because that's how they work in those villages like everything is 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 shared you know people just kind of share they share everything so you know and not not to say that we do that you know you still ask we still ask because that's mm-hmm. that's what our culture is right but but that's essentially um, what they're doing but that's what they're doing yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're like they're putting you through this ritual that says hey you're one of us now yeah, you're you're now a member of our community. Uh, we're going to treat you like uh, a villager, and um, and now and you and please treat us like like you know you're a member of our community. Wow, um, there's so much but, reverence so, there. There's so much respect. Yeah, yeah, it's it's cool. And so so one of the cool things that came out of that is we spent a lot of time at this one village. There was this guy Levi that I got to know, and we took him scuba diving with us, and um, we caught this really big lobster, and and. He, we went to his house for dinner. He cooked it up with his wife and we had another kava ceremony. And anyway, long story short, Mia's first birthday um, was coming up while we were in this village. And I, you know, I mentioned it to Levi. I'm like, hey, Mia's first birthday is happening. And he instantly he's like, well, wh- why don't why don't we have a party on the beach for her in front of the village? We'll have a barbecue. Um, and I was like, I'm like, OK, like, awesome. So so that's what we did. You know, we. We, we'd been in this village for a couple of weeks and we went on the beach. It was Mia's first birthday. Wow. All these people came out for the, from the village. They, uh, they barbecued up this huge fish that they caught. We cooked a cake and brought it in. Um, and we all sat around for an afternoon and, and hung out in it and had Mia's first birthday. So they, wow. yeah, it's just, that's like once in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, uh, it's really special. Really, really welcoming and friendly people. I would, I would, I mean, on that note, I would love to know because I believe that we lead by our example, and you have your family there with you. Like, what's the example that you wish to lead with? Like, what, what, like, what are you trying to teach them by uh, going on this journey, making these choices, living, living this kind of life right now? Hmm. Um. I think the example that I'm, I'm, yeah, it's it's a really good question, Oliver. Uh, I think I think that the the I mean the life that I am trying to lead now is is a life where you know again I I speak my truth I and I and I do the things that that. Um, you know, just because somebody says this is the way that you're supposed to do things, if you think that there's a different way that fits for you better, that's more in alignment with you, 
then it's okay to do it that way. Mm-hmm. I think is is the the message that I'm trying to set. Um, you know, because I, I think on a maybe on a on a on a broader scale, I think that society today uh, is really there's a lot of messages in there that we have to dress a certain way, we have to act a certain way, we have to eat a certain way, mm-hmm. you know, we have to go to a certain school, we have to um, then after we go to that school we have to get a job and. There's all these messages coming, and I think the biggest message that that I want to share with my kids and with other people is rather than listening to all those messages, like the message to listen to is what's coming from you, you know what what is it that you want, um, as opposed to what all these messages that society is is saying that you should do this, you should do that. Really try and get in touch with what is it that that what is the message that's coming from you because it's in there. There is a message in there and it wants to come out um, and it's okay to share it. Uh, I think that that's the biggest thing I want to to my kids to learn anyway, is that what that thing is inside of you, it's okay to share that. Um, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's huge because so often we almost mute ourselves. Because yeah. when you are in that environment of, okay, here's the box, fit into this box. So when you have something inside of you that you feel like this is my truth and this is what I want to say, you become you become afraid of, of expressing it because the environment around you, the people around you are not going to, va- like, it's likely that they're not going to validate it. So it's almost yeah. like with the example that you're trying to set is like, you know what, have the courage to like listen and have the courage to actually speak it out, say it out loud. Yeah. Have, have the courage. And, and I mean, we, we talked, we talked, we talked a bit about, actually we talked quite a bit about freedom too. Um, and, and I think that that's where freedom comes from. Yes. Freedom does not come from money. Freedom doesn't even come from doing what I'm doing right now, living on a boat and moving <laughs> around. That's that there's, you know, it's, it's not, there's lots of things about the way that I'm living my life right now that, that are not as freeing as the way that I lived my life. Right. Um, and, and I just see them in a different light now. Um, but it's, it's the, the real freedom comes from that comes from listening to what is that message? What is that voice inside you saying and sharing it? And, and I, and, and I think the example, you know, the example I just shared about, about Fiji, another thing that, that my perspective has shifted around is, and is shifting more and more and more is when I do listen to that and I share it, I'm constantly surprised and amazed at how it's received um in that it's received it's it's received almost every time that i do listen to that voice and i share it it's received well you know it is received it is acknowledged it is um all those things that i thought oh i can't share this weren't true you know Mm -hmm. it and it's and it's and it's reciprocated you know it's reciprocated like that that was we so we had a um I think a good story to to illustrate this is we had a a Fijian uh a woman who actually lived with us on the boat for about a month and a half when we were in Fiji. Um she was uh she was like a I think she was 17, a 17-year-old uh, old girl. Mm-hmm. Um and we took her with us to all these different places and when we were in this island of Kandavu and we hung out there um she said to us after we left she said you know, those, the, the, the people in that village, 
they're not always like that with people that come in on boats. She's like, you guys did something different. Wow. And I was like, oh, really? What? What's that? And she's like, you actually spent time getting to know them. <laughs> you spent time. And, and she's like, a lot. they said to me that a lot of people just come in on their boats. They park their boat in the bay. They stay on their boat. They come to shore. They do their little ceremony. And then they go back to their boat. She's like, you guys actually spent time on shore in the community, getting to know people, sharing parts of yourself um, and listening to who they were. You actually were part of it. Yeah. We actually chose to participate in the community. Um, and I think, you know, that's that's the message, right? It's it's we chose to share a part of who we were and 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 at the same time receive a part of who they were. And so even though we were only there for two weeks, we we there was a sense of community. There was a connection that was that was built mm-hmm. Um and we still have it. I mean, Sayo's friends with one of the women on Facebook <laughs> and she Skyped the, uh, she FaceTimed us the other day through our Facebook message us the other day. And, uh, you know, they, we, they chatted for 15, 20 minutes and wanted to see the kids. And so there's, you know, I think it's, it's, it's amazing, right? When you actually share, when you actually share who you are, um, what, what comes back. I, th- I think that is such a, powerful illustration of what it is that you are doing and i think what your kids are so privileged to be able to witness and learn and understand the world and see how you know how how do they fit in and and what is the world actually like it's it's like this genuine curiosity of what what's going on in other people's cultures and in their lives like what are they like they're seeing all these different types of experiences um, be, being exposed to the truth. Cause I feel like when, when you are genuine in that way and you are speaking your truth, it just helps the people around you to remember that it's inside of them too. Like, Hey, I have that power too. Like I can do that too. It, it, it almost like it awakens it. It, it yeah. really fires, fires it back up. Yeah. So it's so, it's so cool that you are doing that. And it's amazing that I mean, I'm I'm not surprised. Just like you're you're the type of person who is constantly looking for ways to reconnect with the the humanness in yourself and other people by being open, by being vulnerable, by being willing to share of yourself. So cool, man! I commend you for that. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I I I want to res- be respectful for your time. Um, so I want to ask you maybe a couple of couple more questions before we get off. Okay. Okay. Uh, being that you have been such a business and growth oriented person, how has being in this type of uh, semi-retired position changed things for you? Has it shifted anything in that way? <laughs> uh, another fantastic question. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, it's it's challenging for me at times. It really is. Um, which and and I think the biggest challenge that I have right now that I'm I'm facing in in in, in doing this um, is I have these moments where I do really want to. It's almost like it's, it's, that, it's that old feeling again of like, oh, my God, I am wasting my life. I need to be doing something different now. Like I'm not I'm, I'm you know, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, why am I doing this? 
maybe we should just sell the boat and end it all. And, and like, I'm going to go build another business. Um, you know, I, I have those moments Yeah. and, um, it was really interesting. I ran into a guy, uh, in this place called, uh, uh, Fulanga in Fiji and he was on another boat and he was, a uh, uh, an entrepreneur as well. And, um, he said, he's like, and I was talking to him about this and he's like, Chris, when I have those moments, what I do is I lay on the floor and I breathe until they pass. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like, uh, it's like, uh, letting it just completely, just like a cloud, right? Just like, let it go. Like it's going to, it's going to show up that urge to, to want, you know, it's almost like there's a bit of FOMO. It's like, I'm doing this thing and what, what kind of momentum am I not creating or gaining out there and lying down on the floor and just breathing just helps you reconnect with, oh, okay, here, just be here. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, that's really what it is, right? Is it's just something comes up and it's, it's, uh, there isn't, there's no, there's no need to fix anything. Nothing needs to be fixed. Um, but, but somehow this, this old desire for me comes up that wants to, wants to fix things, even though they're not broken. So, um, yeah. And I, I get the but, sense that at some point that that's, that's still part of your journey. Like there's, it, it is. there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit of this. I mean, cause you have both natures. It's, it's like, uh, you know, vagabond traveling world, worldly experiencing new things, be in the water, but also on the other side, it's like. Uh, making an impact in other ways, in a, in a, in a business way, in a, in a, like, cause, cause you're, you're also speaking and, and coaching and that, that's an endeavor that you're aiming towards as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you're right there. And it's, it's, yeah, maybe if I can to put it in a way that is maybe more clear than I put it before, it's there's this desire comes up in me. Right. And, and the, the way that that, de- that desire wants to manifest itself is to just okay we got to stop everything and dive full on into that stuff um All or and nothing. i think that that that's that's you know that's not the answer the answer i mean there isn't really an answer but the 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 that's not the solution um because the reality is when i when i sit with that when i sit with that desire and it comes up what is there for me and and what is there for me is this desire to make an impact mm-hmm. um and i mean in saying that, I think it's important to acknowledge that I am making an impact. Mm. You know, I'm making. A, I think I'm making a um, a massive impact on my kids first and yes. foremost on the way that they perceive the world and they're being brought up in the world. Um, you know, and I I'm making an impact on every single person that we meet, that we come into contact with, the, the yes, people are. in the villages that we meet, the people in other boats that we meet. Um, yet. You are 100% correct. I mean, the way that I, I am built is um, there's this growth. There's this drive for growth. Um, but what, I, what I've learned and what I try and sit with when this desire to externalize the growth comes up is that the biggest kind of growth or the most, the most impactful growth that I've experienced in my life has all come from growth from within me. It's hmm. all come from me taking the space to take a really hard look at the relationship I have with myself and growing that. Um, and when I start there, the growth radiates outwards. So, um, 
you know, so so that's where I sit when or where I try and sit when this this urge, this desire, uh, you know, to to create a big impact or whatever comes comes out for me. It's like, well, where can I start with this? Well, I start with myself. Um, Beautiful. So and so so what 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 that's reflects into for me now is is these you know these these kind of newer projects that I've started. One is this is videos. I've said, well, how can I, you know, how can I share um, the growth that I'm I'm sitting with with myself and and the journey that we're on so that it impacts other people. Um, well, the best way to share that in my mind is just to share my own story, mm-hmm. to share what we're doing, to share the people that we're meeting, to share the places that we go. Um, and so that's really where this video series came from, was a desire to share more of me and more of my family and the journey that we're on. Which, um, they, which and, they are so beautiful. Like I, start, <laughs> I started catching, tr- trying to catch up because you have like 36 of them now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 36 of them. I try and, and the, and the, the interesting thing is, is, I mean, that's been a process in itself um, of, of going through that process of sharing that. And what I've learned through that is the, you know, there's some days that I don't feel like sharing, yeah. <laughs> you know, that it's like, I do not feel like doing these videos. Uh, I just, I'm not feeling it. And what I've realized is those are actually the days that I'm best served to do them. <laughs> well, your, I mean, your, your journey so far and the conversation that we've had so far, the, the, the ability to share, the willingness to share and be open about it has played such a huge role in, in, in your growth, in your forward movement. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes so that makes sense. Those the hardest times, the times where you don't want to share, it's like that's probably the best that, time. Those are the best times. Because yeah. you like and, wanna and isolate big, or you wanna close up and it's like nope, nope, those are the times to actually open up and actually let people yeah. see you. Yeah, and so the so the biggest kind of uh um I guess the biggest realization I've had around that, what's what well, actually what's helped me um to be able to share even when I don't wanna share is to to set a consistent kind of date or yeah to set mm. a consistent date that i'm gonna do it by the okay a video will be published by this date kind of whether i want it to or not yeah um and then that it's not really forcing me it's just it, it holds me accountable to digging in when i don't really want to dig in well it gives you a container um, right it gives you a little bit of a like a the, the, the deadline is important just because it kind of gives you something to to aim towards to have some sort of guideline for yourself yeah yeah so yeah so that's that's i mean that's the uh the that that desire still is there though you're right and yeah and then other the other um the other thing that si and i uh, are are discussing doing and actually we are going to be doing um is we're inviting people to come and experience uh part of the journey with us so we're going to start doing retreats uh, on the boat or expeditions on the boat where, uh, you know, probably, I mean, any, anybody, anybody is welcome, uh, particularly families because we have kids. But if you like hanging out with kids, you're more than welcome to come um, and, you know, spend 10 days, two weeks with us experiencing uh, a different lifestyle than one that, uh, uh, you know, experiencing that life can be different from mm-hmm. the way that we live it we typically live it every day. I think that's super important to, to be able to just allow yourself to be exposed 
to what other people are doing and how people are living because otherwise you don't really understand that there's there's other options there's other choices available so that's that's really cool that you're inviting people to come in and and uh will you have a ceremony so that they become part of the boat family <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, 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 there'll be something yeah I don't you know gotta do you gotta do something maybe eat some sashimi together <laughs> <laughs> we gotta catch it together first <laughs> that is amazing man so um, before we take off, I would love to ask you uh, one question here. Uh, it, it might be a little intense or deep, but just based on your life, your life story so far, what would you say are three fundamentals? Like, what are the three fundamentals that you have learned? Like the these three things. It doesn't have to be three, but are important. Like these got to be the foundation. Hmm. Hmm. Um. Another fantastic question. <laughs> um, so the first one, uh, first and foremost, the very first fundamental I think that um, uh, that I've learned is for myself, and I think I think it, it, it I mean it has to apply. I, I think I believe it applies to everybody. Um, is a is a connection. Is that is building that connection within yourself, um, building that connection to, you know, that spirit, that aliveness within yourself. Um, you know, some people call it a higher power. Some people call it your soul. Yeah. Some people call it your intuition, whatever you want to call it. I don't really care. Um, but I think what the important thing is, is connecting to that. Yeah. Um, cool. and whether that means in my case, connecting to that, I connected to that through the pain that I was in. That's mm -hmm. how I connected to it. Um, uh, that's how I first connected to it. There's other ways to connect to it. Hopefully not everybody has to connect to it through the pain, but pain is a part of it. Um, and acknowledging that is, is a process of connecting to it. So I think that's, that's, that's number one, um, is connecting to that. Um, number two uh, I, I would say is then sharing that. Hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, you've connected to this aliveness, this, this, your intuition. Um, some people call it your gift, this gift that's in you, this aliveness. Um, it's there for a reason, I believe. And the reason is there is to be shared. Um, because it's through sharing it that we're able to connect to other people. Why would you uh, call it a gift if you're not going to share it? If you're not going to share it. Exactly. <laughs> um, Love. So that's, that's the second thing is, is would be sharing that, um, sharing, sharing you basically, because yes. that's what you're connecting to is, is you and then sharing you and you are, I, I believe this, that you are, you know, you, you are, a, you are within everybody else. And it might sound a little like airy fairy, but like, I, I, you know, that, that really is where we all connect. I believe we're all very similar. We all have these, these these painful feelings, these good feelings, we can all relate to them. And what makes us different is the way that we experience them uh, and the way that we live, live our lives. We experience them through different circumstances, oh, yeah. but we all experience, un, uh, I, I believe we all fundamentally experience the same, um, you know, the, the same pain and the same love. It's, it's the same for all of us, but the way in which we come to it is different. Mm. Um, and so when we share that, we're sharing a piece of ourselves with somebody else, but we're also recognizing a piece of them. 
which is I think yes. why what you said is when you share your truth, it sparks that in somebody else because they're like, holy crap, I see that in me. That's and why then, we say namaste. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and so um, the, the then the third thing, um, the third the third thing I, I would say is. Well, the third thing is probably in two parts. Um, so you share that, um, and then I think it's it's in sharing that you're you're helping other people. Um, I believe that everybody wants to help other people. Yeah. Um, and and then and then the third piece of that, the last piece of that, is receiving. So oh. it's actually <laughs> that is that's gold. Yeah, because and I and I think that that's um, that's possibly the part that I think a lot of people struggle with. Uh, I know I struggle with it um, because it's one thing to share; uh, it's another thing to actually sit there and receive um, what somebody else is then giving you, um, and and actually take it in and allow it to land in that place where you then connect with them. Um, yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that was. That was freaking gold, by the way. <laughs> All three of those. Love Thank it, you. man. So, wh where can we, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me. Well, physically, not I physically. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, now you can find. Uh, so my the videos that I publish uh, are they go up on. We have a Facebook page. Um, called uh family, family circus. circus um i think let me just double check the way that you can find that on facebook that's the name uh, of the boat right yeah the name of the boat is family circus okay. uh yeah on facebook it's if you search um at family circus weekly um then uh that's that's that'll bring you to the page um you can i also publish them on youtube uh, on YouTube, Sweet. we're called Sail Sailing Family Circus. So if you don't use Facebook, uh, you can get them on YouTube. Um, and then I have a website. My website's just my name, chrisbiasudi.com. Uh, and I do do uh, that. Actually, that one thing that I didn't touch on, part of this growth thing, is I, I really do enjoy working one-to-one -one with people. Um, and uh, I do do one-to-one -one work over Skype or, or over a video conference. Um, and I do that through my website. Yeah, sh so, share with people how that looks like. How the one-to-one -one work looks like? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the the biggest thing that I, so what I what I love to do one-to-one -one with people. My my I think what I'm I guess another shift in perspective that I realized is is you know I'm I'm beginning to more and more realize I'm I am really here to help people uh, identify, uncover, and then share their own aliveness. Mm. Uh, and. Uh, because I think that that's something that I struggled with for so long. You know, that process of of uncovering that aliveness in yourself is is a con it's constantly an ongoing process. But uh, I found for myself, it really um, it, it really helps to have somebody help you along that journey. I think it's actually yeah. it's almost required. You can't do it on your own. Mm -hmm. um, and um, um, yeah, the way that I do it is just, uh, is, is we just sit down and, and, and basically we have, we have, we have conversations and, um, and I ask, I, I, I challenge people 
on uh, beliefs or stories that they may be telling themselves um, to get at the root of what's under there, hmm. um, under that story and, and tease out and pull out you from <laughs> within these stories that, that you might be telling yourself. Um, ultimately, you know, it's, 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 it's you that does it. You know, when I work yeah. with people, they do the work. I'm, I, I, I see myself kind of as a, as a guide. Yes. You know, I just, I'm here to facilitate a process that you're going through. Um, and the work is really for, for anybody. I mean, I think it's, if somebody's struggling or going through a tough time, I think it's, it's, it really benefited me to have those kind of people in my corner at that time. I think mm -hmm. it's in some ways it's even a no brainer to have somebody like that in your life if you're struggling. But I think the even perhaps more beneficial time is if you think everything's going great. Um, and if you think that, uh, you know, you're just on the way up right now and everything's going absolutely fantastic. Uh, what I've learned is that's the absolute best time to start having those challenging conversations. If you can get yourself in a position to be open to being challenged, that's the best time to do it. Because what I've learned is a wall is coming and whether or not you smash into the wall at 100 kilometers an hour, smash into the wall at 20 kilometers an hour, or take a little step around and, and get out of the car and walk around the wall um, depends on how open you are right now to hmm. seeing the wall. And, and so, uh, they can get a hold of you on, on your website and set up a conversation with you? Yeah, yeah, they can get Sweet. a hold of me on the website. And then, uh, yeah, the way, I, the way I do it is I just, uh, before, we, before we officially start anything, I, I hop on a call with somebody and, and get to know them. They get to know me and we see if it's a, it's a fit to work together. Um, because not everybody's a fit. Love it. Awesome, man. So you got the, the video blog, you got your website, you got your one-on-one -on -one coaching. Oh, have a conversation with Chris, everybody. If you're looking for that extra level of support, if you want to step in and open yourself up to being challenged to access yourself, like your own aliveness. Um, my final question for you, Chris, what is your yes. ask of the people who are listening? Yeah, for the people who are listening, do you have a question? Yeah. Well, what should they ask themselves or what do you recommend that they do now that they've heard, you know, a lot of the insights and, and, and nuggets that you've shared from your story so far? Yeah. Um, yeah, my, my, I mean, I, my ask of people is to, uh, you know, if there's, if, if there is a little voice that you're hearing, you know, if there's something niggling at you um, and it's been niggling at you for a while or it's even just starting to niggle at you, take the space to listen to it, yeah. I think is, is, is what my ask is, is because, you know, we talked about this in the very beginning of the call. It all starts with taking that space. I think I think we can all get so caught up in just living our lives, going from activity to activity to activity that we forget to create the space to hear what it is, is that message that's coming from within us. And then take the space to listen to it and then do something about it. Even if you don't know what it is, just do something. Hmm. <laughs> like, I mean, we, we had no idea that, that uh, if going on the boat was the right thing to do. We had no clue. You know, we were terrified. Maybe this is, you know, there's all these thoughts going on, but... But I think, like you said, you know, why did we do it? Well, it was, there was something in me that was like, you just, you have to do something. And I think this is it. 
So we did it. Beautiful <laughs> way to end it off, Chris, man. I, I celebrate you, man, for the choices that you've made, for you going through and being in, inside of those challenges and growing your way through them and the choices that you've made to get to where you are. I mean, I've watched you grow in the real estate investing world.